Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Once again, everyone, same time, same channel here on WVAU. You're listening to Fanatic Radio. As always, I'm Michael Gardner. Joe with me, partner in crime, Dan Goldman, here from inside a supply closet inside the Mary Graydon Center on the campus of American University. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Fanatic Radio, America's favorite low-budget winter internet sports talk radio show. Dan, how's it going? How's your week been? Great baseball this week. True. Fun to watch. I mean, not, not for me. Specifically, but you get the point. But that's actually uh, the first thing we'll we'll talk about today. Got a little clip for those that watched last night. I guess I'm being generous for giving it to the St. Louis fans. Couldn't have been a more perfect way to end a baseball playoff game. Already being called one of the the greatest game in baseball history. Really? By, by some. Buster only said that. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a lot of saying for Buster. But I, I'm just frustrated being a Texas Rangers fan that we had two chances to actually win the game. Mm-hmm. Up 7-5 yeah. in the ninth inning. Yeah, two strikes on him. Yeah. On Freeze, actually, wasn't it? Who hit the triple? It was. In the, yeah. Fourth extra innings, and then... Josh Hamilton hits the home run. Mm-hmm. Take I thought it was over. Then. Nine seven, and then Lance Berkman. Yeah, Lance. Had he had two, two strikes. Hits. He had yeah. two strikes on him too. Clutch Lance. And, and then, then David Freeze finishes off. Is it good being? I mean, you feel like that this is a way that this baseball season should end, seven seven games. Yeah, because like everyone's been saying this morning, there hasn't been a World Series that's gone over like what five games. Since, I think so. Yeah. Since. 2003 with the Marlins and Yankees, and that wasn't even that good of a series. 
But yeah, this series is uh, that's what you, this is what you want to see because the um, the NL and the AL are never are never evenly matched up. So it's always you know a sweep or something along that those lines. So this is great to see seven games. Nothing better in sports than a game seven. And of course, being from Texas, I'm hoping the Rangers can pull it out. But in re- in retrospect, they're not going to win, are they? I mean, they literally have zero momentum, you know. Right. All they can do is just say, wow, we just played in a really good game. And, you know, think about that. But at the same time, you just blew two <laughs> huge opportunities. And that has to be sitting in the back of your head. However, CJ, don't you have CJ Wilson starting? I think so. So that's who you want starting, I guess, if you're Texas. But uh, it's up against Carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah. So, I mean, can't ask for a better matchup. <laughs> Of course, yeah, they Carpenter won game one, so... Mm-hmm. He's been amazing these playoffs. So. And, of course, as much as, much as I blame... Not Rangers pitching, because you can't blame them. They are they pretty much carry the Rangers through I mean, the entire postseason. I mean, three blown pitch. saves, though. True. In one game. That's the first time it's ever happened in the World Series. Right. I blame that. I also blame the uh, the American League All-Stars. Looking back on this... Yeah, I mean... It's that, it's that dang All-Star game. Yeah. Yeah, you think the Cardinals will win? Of course, you said the Cardinals will win, right? I did, yeah. You say seven games as well? Mm-hmm. Look at that. Here we are, Fnatic Radio. Nothing, nothing new. Uh, Dirt off the shoulder. Yeah, just another prediction. <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, I thought the Rangers were going to win it in six, but evidently not, which just sets up an epic game seven tonight, 8.05 p.m. on Fox. Do or die, because you'd think, this, this whole entire baseball season, it's actually the first time I sort of followed it, in its entity, in its entity, who would have thought that we had a crazy race for the playoffs? Two wild cards getting in. One of those wild card teams beats what some would say is one of the best teams in baseball when the Cardinals beat the Phillies, and then uh, the Devil Rays making it in the playoffs, playing the Rangers. You had Nelson Cruz break Reggie Jackson's postseason or tied it, yeah. but he's also out for Game Seven. Yeah, so mm-hmm. postseason record. Then you have this series going into Game Seven. You have a walk-off home run to force Game Seven. Yeah, all the momentum's in the Cardinals' favor. Favor. All the errors too were it, just yeah. fascinating. What? All the errors last night. Yeah. Were just fascinating. Five errors in the game, like really bad ones too. Yeah, of course it completely spoils it because the next thing I was going to talk about was if the Rangers were going to win. Was the I don't know if you want to jinx yourself. I do. I don't. Oh well, I'll say it anyway. But um, Sporting News did come out with a list of like 271 cities. And they had Dallas number one, but it'd be really bad. Boston was two though. Hmm. I, I, don't, I don't agree with that, but you can take it as you want. Well, no, it, it, it would have been better if they would have won, or if they will win. Yeah. Who knows? I kind of doubt they will though, but. Well, what are you going to do? But hey, if you want to call in and talk about the World Series, anything else in the world of baseball, phone lines are open. Hopefully they actually work today, 202-885-8700. We apologize to our fan base for last week that we did have a show, but ironically it didn't work. Our technical producers and our whole personnel here at WVAU were in New York at some college radio convention seminar. Hoping to revolutionize our station, maybe send us in the uh, the HD. Who knows? And so uh, I guess someone tried to improvise and use their uh, 
their own knowledge, I guess, to work the station. And ended up our feeds weren't working, our phone lines weren't working, nothing was working except just the music playing. Oh. Hmm. And so we apologize to our thousands of listeners plus that tried to call in. We're sorry. Hopefully they work again today. But yeah, anything else in baseball you want to talk about before we move on? Theo Epstein mm-hmm. officially a Cub. I saw he he brought some guy from the Padres, or he's slowly building up his... Hoyer, yeah. He brought Hoyer with him, which the Red Sox didn't want, but... Who was who was Hoyer? Uh, his assistant for a long time. And then Sherrington, his other assistant, is now the Red Sox GM. Yeah, what do you think of that? I mean, I don't know much about him. He's you know he's been Theo's assistant the, the entire time, so he must know what he's doing. But um, his first move as a Red Sox GM, John Lackey, uh, Tommy John surgery. <laughs> yes, no more John Lackey. So happy about that as a Boston fan. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, if you still want to call in about baseball, we can talk about that. We'll uh, quickly segue to the NFL. Which, I guess last last week there were some impressive games. Tim Tebow got his first win. Yeah, that was a great game. I know. He's surprised that, well, I guess you're not surprised at the media attention, but just the way that he propelled himself to get, that was his first NFL start? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he didn't even, he didn't play that well. Uh, All right, really. it's, it's, I mean, it was, what, 15 points in, like, final five yeah, minutes? Yeah, I think he that. threw, like, 40% pass completion, um, but... He won the game. He came back from 15 nothing. So that was impressive. Uh, you can only get better. So it'll be fun to watch him throughout the season and see how he progresses. So they do play the Lions this week. And yeah, it's a good defense. Nervous, a little worried about that for Mr. Tebow. But of course, that also says how bad Miami is. Miami is terrible, They're yeah, bad. exactly. <laughs> they will blow 15-point leads. <laughs> Uh, other things. Oh, did you see the New Orleans-Indianapolis game? New Orleans-Indianapolis. How yeah, far? How was, far the Colts? A ridiculous. How far the Colts have sunk? It was embarrassing, to be honest. That's just to uh, emphasize the point that Peyton Manning is pretty much that entire team. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> it's understatement. Uh, looking at other scores as well. Also in the news, did you see T.O.? T.O.'s trying to make a comeback. I saw that, and he had that shirtless <laughs> workout, and no one showed up. I uh, know. Do you think he'll ever get it back on an NFL team? Maybe. I don't, maybe a team will sign him to like a million, to like, you know, better minimum contract like Ocho Cinco did. But, I, I mean, that. who wants that, like, media attention? Right. I don't think anyone I just thought Michael Wilbon was thinking the Bears should sign him. The Bears? I think they don't need him, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't sign up if I was a team. It just creates uh, drama. Yeah, poor Tio. Also, uh, your boy Gronkowski. Yeah. See what happened in the media for him? How he... What was it? Pictures about with him? The yeah, porn star. Yeah. Yeah, just Gronk being Gronk. He went okay. to Arizona State. Like, what do you expect? Do you really? Yeah. To ASU. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's a, um, Barstool Sports... Every time they mention something about it, this is Gronk's world, and you're just We're living just it. You're just living in it. Pretty much. <laughs> I never thought, it's like I thought, Gronkowski, who'd have thought he had it in him? Yeah, I mean. I mean it's nice of him that he apologized, but still, I, my respect for him has just gone way up. Oh, yeah. 22-year-old living the dream. <laughs> also, more NFL news. 
Where are we approached halfway yet? Is it midway in the NFL season? What is this week? Nine? No, I think it was week eight. Week eight, yeah. So, no, we're not. Or, yeah, pretty much. I mean, the 17 weeks, so. Is it eight and, eight and nine, about halfway? Yeah. All right, two things for that. Are you surprised that Green Bay has gone 7-0? No, not at all. They're, they're, they're still the last, part of the best team. The last undefeated team, right? Mm-hmm. And San Francisco 5-1. and one. Yeah, I'm definitely surprised <laughs> by that. Good for them, though. Yeah, they do play Cleveland, so that they, could also, they could pick up another one. They could probably go, what, like three losses? I'm sure they have a really easy schedule, so... They, yeah, they could win 13 games if they really pick it up. Let's see, yeah, they have Cleveland, and then Washington. I guess the Redskins, Redskins are all right. Not yeah, they shouldn't be too Bad, much, not so. good. Yeah, they could have, they put the Giants week 10. I feel like that could be a loss. Yeah. It's in New York, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and also about two big games that I'm looking forward to this week is the Pats in Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's a huge game. Why? For Why? Is it just Could AFC? be a playoff preview. AFC rivals a little bit. Eh. Roethlisberger, Brady. It'll be a good game. It should, it's in Pittsburgh, though. I feel like New England will win, though. They usually don't have trouble on the road. Yeah, I mean, that's not an issue for them, but if their defense can contain Roethlisberger... Also, yeah, also uh, Dallas and Philadelphia. Yeah. Sunday night football. Dallas goes into Philly, which I think they'll ultimately lose. But you look at the the a- or the NFC East. It's really, it's actually really close. It's, what is it, New York in first? No. New York in first? Um. Or, it's, I know Washington... I think Washington's first. They're four and two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then, then Philadelphia's second. Dallas is in third. Giants are in first at four and two. Oh, Giants. And Dallas yeah. and Washington are both three and three. What's Philadelphia? Two and two four. and four. So that could put Philadelphia tied with Dallas then. Yeah. And Philadelphia already beat Washington, so they currently hold a tiebreaker. Do you think Philadelphia make the playoffs? Especially after uh, no, two weeks ago. Since I don't, just because. You have so many other good teams in the NFC this year, with uh, Detroit and Green Bay being the same division, and then New Orleans, and even Tampa Bay, I guess. I guess they have a chance. They have to go on a real hot streak, though. Yeah. And also, a big game for, I guess, me personally, is San Diego at Kansas City. The Chiefs have won three in a row. After starting, they, really? they started 0-2. And if they win Monday Night Football... Then this is oh four and zero is one thing, but also they play in, they did beat Oakland they shocked Oakland of course the Raiders have pretty much fallen apart mm-hmm. with who is it Kyle Bowler uh, and Carson Palmer, Palmer yeah. Bowler is the other person. So the Ra- Raiders are, are weak, the Broncos are weak, and I feel like Tim Tebow can only carry a team so far. If they beat San Diego, they can pretty much run the table in the AFC West. And who yeah, would have thought they're tied in first place if they beat San Diego. Um, but I don't see that happening. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's the thing with the NFL, though. It's still too early. Yeah. Not until, like, when there's when in week 12. Exactly. We'll start looking at playoff picture. But, yeah, that's... I guess it for our NFL segment. Nothing really big in the news. Other than Chris Cooley announced the other day he's out for the season. 
Yeah. He said he's Redskins lost. They're starting running back, starting tight end, and starting uh, who's the third player? Oh, quarterback Grossman. Yeah. They, they lost back. him all in one week. Do you think? And Cooley was Cooley was saying he admits that he's one of the casualties of the NFL lockout. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Did he break his hand? Like, what does that have to do with casual? With like being, I don't know. I don't. I don't buy it. No. I don't know. Been a lot of injuries this year, though. Yeah, but I mean, there's always injuries. You, you should stay in shape no matter what. Right, but yeah, that'll do it for our NFL segment, and baseball. We'll come back to that. Talk more about the World Series. But I will take a quick music break, and when we come back, we'll play an interview from American University wrestler Ryan Flores as they had a warm-up dual meet, like an inter-squad meet last Sunday. And he talks about, actually a pretty interesting interview. He talks about his life, how he got involved in wrestling, and his outlook being a national runner-up last year. Oh, wow. And trying to take that extra step to becoming a national champion. Because the wrestling season starts... Not this weekend, but next weekend, they go to Oklahoma to have a dual meet. Definitely stay tuned for that. So, yep, so stay tuned. We'll talk about that. Also, crazy rules of the NCAA pass that could affect UConn for the 2013 NCAA tournament. Uh-oh. Don't want to miss it. Once again, phone, li- phone lines are open, facebook.com slash radio. but we'll take a break. But when we come back, more sports on the way here on WVAU.
better than the best of all. And even though they focus on just the flaws, it's still gonna annihilate the festivals. And we still gonna sit the Dom Perignon. And still gonna eat the filet mignon. And yeah, 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 I've been on the cover of my eyes at the Ravion. I love Dom. I love Dom. I love Dom. Like it's no tomorrow. Wake up, appears with a Russian model. Throw your hands in the sky if anybody got five dollars in their pocket right now. I call this club Titanic. Why? Cause it's going down. Okay, my 
difference to silly. Okay. The girls told me fish cause my rims big silly. Okay. My rat too silly. Okay. I rat too silly. Okay. With four fantastic yeah. cause I got a dilly. Cause now I'm worth a million. Okay. Forget a rubber band cause you can't put a rubber band around a million. I be wildin' on an island somewhere just like Gilligan. Drillin' hoes like a dentist and then I feel a I bop, bop, bop. I'm the man, girlfriend. I'm the reason why you wanna lose your man, girlfriend. I'm calm like the sea. I'm blow like the wind. And now that I'm straight, I'm about to act the fool again. Get silly. 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 Get
Welcome back to Fanatic Radio here on WVAU. Uh, I guess the song's only right is Halloween Weekend. I don't know, does DC have a fifth street? Does what? Does DC have a fifth street? <laughs> Not too sure. I have no idea. That was uh, Mac Miller's Party on Fifth Ab. Apparently the instrumental is from some old school song. No idea what. I but, couldn't tell. But um, yeah, anyway, uh, go to facebook.com slash fanaticradio. Like the page. You can... Listen to our show on WVAU.org. Also call in 202-885-8700. We're talking about the NFL, uh, World Series Game 7, how the Rangers are essentially going to collapse. But a little interesting uh, soundbite that we found of Josh Hamilton from last night's game. In, in, what, in what way? How, how, did you, how did you hear it? 
Believe it if you want to. <laughs> what, was your, what was your next thought after that? None. Just peace, relax. I didn't get a chance to hear you when you were explaining that. You said the Lord told you you were going to hit that home run. I, I just wanted you to – I didn't get a chance to hear what you said because you kind of turned that way. How did that go down? Uh, he said you hadn't hit one in a while, and this is the time you're going to. And so, you know what, I probably had the most relaxed, peaceful bat I had of the whole series at that moment. Um, and I was telling him, um, you know, it was a period at the end of that. He didn't say you're going to hit it and you're going to win. <laughs> did, uh, did he happen to say anything about how you'll do tomorrow? No, no, no. That's the fun thing, though, when he speaks to you and just, you know, circumstances that, uh, you know, you're not expecting him to. And uh, it's, it's fun. Was it in the on-deck circle? Or no, no, I was just walking through the plate. Just walking up the plate? Yeah, and as I was brushing dirt in the batter's box. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Y'all got to try it sometime. <laughs> so, um... Sorry for the audio there, but essentially, the Lord told Josh Hamilton he was going to hit a, that home run. He ended up taking the 9-7 lead. And that was it. Maybe I should ask Josh Hamilton who's going to win the Super Bowl and then play the best. <laughs> I was going to say, well, uh, walking into the studio, the Lord said I was going to have a good show, and knock on wood, it's been nothing wrong so far. I'd like some more callers, though. He didn't say anything about that, though. <laughs> Your thoughts on all that, though? Are you superstitious in any way? I don't. I don't think that has anything to do with superstition. That's, well, I mean, that's just your faith in religion, I guess. And Josh Hamilton, someone who, well, yeah, so he's definitely to been through hell. Alcohol back. addicted to, yeah, um, was it meth or crack or something? And <clears throat> so he's been through a lot. So I can't blame him for for saying stuff like that. I mean, I can't. You can't blame anyone for that. But that's cool, that's though. Interesting. Yeah, and too bad they didn't win. Yeah. But he didn't say, the Lord didn't say anything about that. He didn't say anything about winning. Of course, they are in a pretty deep hole. It's what, Nelson Cruz is out? Nelson Cruz is out. My holiday is also out for some Holiday's day. out. Uh, Napoli's x-rays came back negative, yeah, but, you know, it. even still an injury like that, it's tough to judge. But, nonetheless, 8 o'clock tonight, Game 7 baseball se- season is finally settled. And... Before we talk to college football and any other news in college sports, like we said, we interviewed AU wrestler Ryan Flores this week, uh, making a special guest appearance, definitely giving props to our wrestling team this year. They were fifth best team overall in the country last year, which says a lot because I don't think anyone else could hear from American University through the world of athletics. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just a little background story for him. He's transferred from Columbia. He, it was his first year at AU last year, and he ended up, I guess long story short, ended up making the NCAA World Championships, but then he ended up going all the way to the finals, and sad enough, losing, but nonetheless, he's a national runner-up. He, this is in his second year, and his first year at AU is 26-6. and six. Overall, with a 13 and 4 record, dual meet, 10 falls, three major decisions, and so yeah, here's his interview that we conducted actually yesterday on Fanatic Radio. All right, so your second year at AU, how have you adjusted to life in DC so far? Coming from Columbia. Uh, okay, uh, 
Well, New York City was really cool. I really liked uh, being in the big city. I come from Clovis, California, which is kind of like suburban. I mean, I live in the rural area just outside Clovis. So, you know, New York was a big shock. And then coming to D.C., it's much cleaner and much more open. And it's not all about the nightlife, which is great for me because, you know, I'm focused with what I'm doing here in school and wrestling and everything. So, I mean, I really like the city a lot. And I'm nothing against New York. I really like New York. There's a lot of fun stuff, but I think D.C. is more of my type of big city. So I really like it. And then my second year here, it's just kind of feels routine, which is nice. You know, it feels nice and homey already. But how have you adjusted to Teague being the coach after Mark left for OU? Well, uh, you know, I know a lot of people were, Mark with, were with Mark for three or four years or whatever, um, and I just had one year with him. So, I mean, it was kind of already a big change just to be with Coach Cody and then, you know, having another big change like that. It's uh, something that I'm kind of accustomed to. And Teague's style is really different than Coach Cody. Uh, Coach Cody's, like, real old school and Teague is very much about finding all the options and utilizing what's best for everyone. So, And that's more my philosophy. So it's actually been an extremely easy transition, and he's really good at communication. Um, so, I mean, it's been very easy for me, a lot easier than I thought it would be. At first I thought, you know, I was a little nervous, a little skeptical, because, <clears throat> you know, part of the reason why I left uh, Columbia was a little bit of difficulty with, you know, like how I was fitting in with the team and some, you know, issues with coaches. So, you know, I knew coming here that that uh, with Coach Cody I was going to fit in, you know, nicely. And then I was worried the whole dynamic of the team was going to change with the new coach. But things have been pretty consistent, so it's been really nice. Are you being a senior this year, do you feel like you have that extra weight to carry for you being a senior leader? You mean like team captain? Kind of, sort of, yeah. Uh, I've been very, like, uh, rigid on my position about team captains. And my personal philosophy is, like, we don't really hold the authority. We have no right to authority. So I've been really reluctant to kind of come into that role. But um, I'm starting to realize more and more that it's not team captains. You don't have any authority. It's actually the coach who's doling out the authority to you, you know, to help improve the team in the ways that you can and as an individual. So, I mean, I've been really coming into that a lot. And um, it's been a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. It's been really nice, actually. Um, so, and I think I have a lot to offer. Uh, I think in a lot of different ways, and I've been around wrestling for 15, 16 years, so I've seen things and I know things. And so, you know, any way I can help out is nice. So being a team captain and being a senior, it's, uh, it's been fun, to say the least. Yeah. I was going to say, how did you get involved in wrestling? It's, um, so how did I get involved in wrestling? All right, this is, might be a part where we have to, like, mix it up a little bit. But uh, <coughs> it's actually, like, pretty interesting. When I was six years old, I had an older sister who passed away from uh, neuroblastoma. She was eight. She was two years older than me. So for like the three years that she was sick, I didn't really get to see my parents very often. I was kind of just bounced around from relative to relative and we didn't have any money and, you know, things were really hard on us. And so <clears throat> one of the last things my sister ever said to my dad, and I mean like one of the last things, it was the morning she passed, was, um, I don't know if it's getting too personal for the interview, but... Uh, she said, you know, you'll you'll always have your son, and uh, that's something my dad really took to heart, and so he put everything into me and put me in every sport, but I mean, you know, look at me. <laughs> I had two choices. I could have been a football player or a wrestler, and my athleticism just leans towards wrestling. I'm really balance-oriented, and uh, 
so I just kind of stuck, you know. I mean, like every other sport, like baseball, of course I could like slam the ball out of the park and then I'd be dying to get to first base type thing. But uh, yeah, wrestling my first year, I, I was so big that I had to wrestle kids who were so much older than me and I got pounded on. But, you know, come the national tournament at the end of the year, my first year, I wrestled guys my own age finally, win a national title. That was enough for me to stick around for the next 15, 16 years. So do you see wrestling as sort of an outlet for you? Um, in what way? Like, like sort of like the comfort zone in a way. How certain athletes have their sport sort of escape from reality. Escape from reality. Well, yeah, I had that conversation a lot with some of my friends, and wrestling is my reality right now. You know, this is my last year as a college wrestler, and then hopefully I'll have maybe four more years and try the Olympics once. But once that's done, Ryan the wrestler, that identity is gone. You know. So for me, it's not an escape. It's basically who I am. And, you know, school is important um, to me. And I have a lot of other goals for when I'm done with wrestling. But right now, it seems like everything else is the escape from wrestling. Um, you know, which is not to say I don't have focus on other things. You know, I have a girlfriend, and I'm doing good in school. So, you know, I care about those things, too. But wrestling's where it's at. At least at least for the next five years, wrestling is, is my life. So do you feel like the success you had last year going to carry over to the season? I think so. I think uh, I think it's going to be me and Zach Ray again. Uh, there's the guys who were ranked third and fourth, I, I believe, are not going to be around this year. I think they're redshirting. So it's really just going to be like a clash of the titans every time we meet. So I think in terms of my success carrying over, as long as I realize I have to put in all the work to get there again and don't get big-headed and screw up, I think, yeah, I think it'll carry over. And I think I've learned some lessons from last year. I think you know, walking away from the national tournament with a silver instead of a gold has really put it in my head that, you know, last year was good, but not good enough. So, yeah, success definitely will carry over and then some. So do you believe that wrestlers should have, like, a short memory so forget the past? Yeah, I mean, that's a very common expression for athletes, and for me it holds especially true. It's like, and that it's it's a very common thing to hear that, great wrestlers are crazy you know they say people say that the best wrestlers are just out of their mind and it's, it's kind of true you know wrestling is a tough sport to dedicate your life to it's a hard thing and you don't really get many rewards so to kind of want to give all that for so little you have to be a little bit crazy and in terms of having a short memory I mean that's the way it is for me you know if I lose it's almost like you know I, the loss doesn't the feelings register, but like looking at it as a loss doesn't really stick with me. You know, if you ask me how many times I lost last year, I, I could tell you of one that I remember, and I think that's important to hold on to. But in terms of everything else, just moving forward. So the NCAA tournament always be in the back of your mind, or you sort of moved on from? Oh, uh, it's definitely there, and then uh, I think what's more there, what's more present than the match is uh, the weaknesses in my game that that uh, didn't let me see it through, you know. And it's uh, it's tough because of the way the match went, you know. It's not like I lost on a takedown or I lost on, you know, I got put to my back. or It's just one of those things where, you know, he had a little bit more riding time and that's the end of the match and neither one of us really scored on each other. And <clears throat> it makes me realize that just something needs to change. I can't just keep walking into it the same way because when I beat him at conference tournament, it was the same. We went to overtime. So, yeah, it's there. Um, and it's motivating me to change, but remembering how close our matches have been, I don't think it's going to hinder me. Has Teague been a big help for you, keeping that sort of confidence level up? You know, Teague has been taking the season really slowly so far, and we have yet to compete. 
so I think that remains to be seen. But um, in terms of aiding my confidence, I think he's really been there for me in some respects. Like, I can come to him and say, hey, coach, like, uh, this is what I think I need to work on. This is what I don't think I need to work on. This is what I think I have mastered. This is what I think I need, that I'm weak at. And he says, you know, yeah, I think you're right, Ryan, so let's work on this. And that gives me a lot of confidence that, at the very least, I know what I'm doing. So, that, I mean, that's good. And I think once season rolls around, I think he'll really be there. I think he'll come through for us big time. Also, how does it feel having Steve Fittery on the coaching staff, teammate of yours, that sort of give you a sort of extra brotherhood help in a way? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's new for me. I don't think I've ever been in a situation like that as long as I've been wrestling. But uh, it's not that tough, actually. You know, last year he was the captain, and um, things haven't changed all that much, and then he's not going to be competing with us. But, you know, it's not too tough to call him Coach Fittery. It's a pretty simple transition. He's there still showing technique and going to have us working hard and, you know, staying on people. So it's not too different. All right, what are some of the big things you worked on over the summer, and I guess over the off-season to prepare for this, this year? Big things I worked on over the summer and the off-season. I would have to say strength, probably, because that was my biggest thing last year. You know, I was always worried about, like, whether I wanted, I was too big or too small or whatever, and I think I've got my size in check, and now it's all about strength, and, and uh, I did a lot of weightlifting, and, uh, you know, it was really just, like, staying in the grind, I guess, because... I feel I still feel really confident about about my wrestling and about how things went last year even you know even though they didn't go perfectly so um in terms of the off season it really was mostly about strength for me and I think that's what it's going to continue to be throughout the rest of the season so it's not going to be a problem for me to come NCAA So the American University wrestler Ryan Flores he's one of two heavyweights on the team just a I guess a key for those that are unfamiliar with our wrestling as well. Mark is Mark Cody, the former coach at American University who won National Coach of the Year last year and is now the head coach at Oklahoma University for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Teague is Teague Moore, the new wrestling coach here at American University. came from Clarion State, which is really small school. I think 2A or 1AA. Anyway, basically resurrected this program and qualified as a couple guys to nationals. And how wrestling works is it's you wrestle dual meets, records and whatnot, and when you said conference, since Patriot League doesn't really have every school have a wrestling team, we're in EIWA, which is Eastern Intercollegiate Wrestling Association. So we take on Lehigh, Bucknell, then like Rutgers, Cornell, teams like that. Right. And so the EIWAs are our conference tournaments, and he ended up, and Zach, and Zach Ray is last year's defending heavyweight champion from Lehigh. So they faced, I think it was three times last year, or maybe once last, once last year when Ryan Flores beat him in the conference championship, so he's EIWA conference champion for heavyweights. Then they faced again in the national championships last year in Philadelphia. So, yeah. That's a lot to take in. In a nutshell, that's it. It was really cool, though. He's definitely a, definitely a really nice guy. I was a little intimidated when he first walked in, though. So I've never, I'm, I've never, I'm looking at pictures of him right now. He's a big dude. I've never interviewed a wrestler before, nonetheless a heavyweight. You know, because like, I think of heavyweights, think of Tyson, Ali, I don't know who's on, Joe Frazier. Yeah. Grillmaster George Foreman. This guy's definitely heavyweight. Yeah, it's... 
It was funny, the whole base, the, the thing when he was playing sports, baseball. Get it out of the park, but die when he gets to first base. But anyway, yeah, we thank uh, AU Athletics and Ryan for getting the time for that. Hopefully next week we're going to have uh, the field hockey, some of the field hockey girls in here, which would be cool because one, it would be our first female guest in Fanatic Radio history. <laughs> and two, uh, they could prep for, um, we could talk to them about prepping for the Patriot League tournament, which is that time of year. This is actually one of the crucial weekends in sports for American University. For tonight, there is a volleyball game in Bender Arena. Navy midshipmen come to take on AU, has, who have won 10 of their last 11 matches. Yours truly will be on the call for that for Eagles Vision TV. Looking forward to that. Also, tomorrow, uh, Cross Country heads to the Bethlehem, Pennsylvania to run in the Patriot League Championships. So, shout out to Octavia Reinhardt, who is apparently a really, really beast runner for our women's team. Guys runners as well. Good, best of luck for that. Tomorrow, men's soccer takes on Lehigh here on Senior Day at Reeves Field. That game is at 1 o'clock. Hopefully, y'all can come out and see that. That is important because... On one hand, we are we're four and one in conference play, but there's only two games left. We play seven seven games in conference. So, if we beat Lehigh, then we automatically host. We'll host the Patriot League tournament here at American. But if we lose, and this is this is why I get so mad at like the Patriot League, our conference. If we lose, so we we've, we've pretty much dominated the entire conference scheme. I think Lehigh's three one and one. They must they've tied one. They're two points behind us in the table. So if we <laughs> lose to them, not only are we a point behind Lehigh, but we also lose the tiebreaker because we lost to them in that match. Right. So basically, our entire season, which the team has been doing really well in conference play, is just not thrown away. But we don't get to host the tournament. So that'd be depressing. Hopefully, they can get a W tomorrow. I'm also on the call for that as well. Looking forward to that. that. And uh, field hockey. Now this is a team that we've we've won. It was eight eight straight regular season titles and conference titles. And for the first time since, well, see, it's what 2011 minus eight, it's 03. So first time since 03, we joined the Patriot League in 2001. We have to beat Lafayette tomorrow on the road. Because the first time since '03, the regular season championship is on the line for the Eagles. So if we lose that game, we don't host the tournament, and we end up second in our conference for the first time in I think it was eight years, eight or nine years. And an interesting fact: AU is eight and zero when they score at least two or more two or more goals, but on the flip side, they're zero and seven when they're held under two scores. So if we score two, we're guaranteed to win. If we don't, if we don't score two, we won't win. Makes sense. Which is <laughs> which is a really weird fact, but actually, our first Patriot League loss since 2001 was against Bucknell two weeks ago. But the Eagles did a nice job coming back last weekend, winning four to one, a three to three to a three zero against Georgetown. So our last, I think it's our last, actually our last conference match of the season. So. It's a winner-take-all scenario. That's at Lafayette, though. So, go to babyeagles.com for more. But, yeah, that's our, pretty much our American Minute. Basketball season's slowly around the corner. Yeah, excited for that. 
And that actually segue into an interesting thing I found out that the NCAA has made or announced a series of scholarship changes because apparently they just now realized that all these scandals and everything in college basketball and college football and any other sport are getting out of hand. So, here are the rules. Conferences can vote to add $2,000 in full cost of attendance money to scholarship offers. Clearly, it can affect AU 100%. Individual schools can choose to award multi-year scholarships. Scholarships may not be revoked based on athletic performance. So, I guess if you're given a scholarship, that's it. You can't, just because you don't play well, doesn't mean you can't get taken away. Schools that fail to meet the academic progress rate cut line will be ineligible for postseason play, including bowl games. The cut line will be increased from the current 900 to 930 in four years. And we'll get back to that shortly, because there's an interesting story that ties behind that. Eligibility requirements are increased from a 2.0 to a 2.3 for incoming freshmen and 2.5 for junior college transfers. We meet that requirement, right? You and I? Yes. Of course. Still uh 3.3 GPA. 3.9. Thank you very much. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, for basketball recruiting, coaches added four evaluation days in April. Previously a, a dead period, but went from 20 days to 12 in July. So coaches can make unlimited calls, send unlimited texts to prep recruits after June 15th at the end of their sophomore year. So apparently they can't recruit freshmen in high school, but after sophomore year, after June 15th. Which, um, a thing for basketball, head coach Jeff Jones, congrats to him. He received a contract extension through 2016, so he'll be here after Dan and I essentially leave. Unless we hang around for grad school. <laughs> but going, yeah, so going back to this academic progress rate, it is announced because it is moved from 900 to... 9.30, that UConn, the defending national champion basketball team, may not actually make the tournament. They might be banned from the 2013 tournament because of this rule. That would be a shame. And so, hold on, I'm trying to explain to them what what actually this is. Apparently, the NCAA has this rule where, I guess, you average your grades or something like that. It's it call okay. So it calls for ensuring that athletes who leave early are academically ineligible and they depart. Uh, you require nine credit hours of summer school for returning players. So I guess you have to go to summer school if you play. Maybe. Uh, I guess you can actually get that during the year as well. But if you don't, it so it, it cuts down on number of transfers, encourages players who leave early for a professional career to come back and finish their degrees and provides more academic support for incoming freshmen in the summer before they enroll in the fall. And how this affects UConn is they cannot it cannot they so far they cannot participate in the two thousand thirteen tournament unless it has two year average score of nine thirty or a four year average of nine hundred. And how this affects is UConn's average for last year was an eight twenty six. And the score for the 2011 year, school year would actually be 975. So either way, even if a school official says it's higher than it actually is, 
it would give UConn a two-year score of nine, 900.5 and a four-year average of 888.5. So how weird is that if the defending national champions are banned from a tournament? Not even not make it because of conference play, just banned. Sorry, you can't. I don't think that'll end up happening, it. but yeah, that would be very That'd weird. That would be so weird. I guess it encourages us to go to class, which I do mm-hmm. every day. I haven't missed a class yet. <laughs> Shout out to my parents on that one. Money's well spent. <laughs> but staying in conference play, another interesting thing, the Big East essentially is dead. And the reason why I say that is because West Virginia announced today, breaking news on Fanatic Radio, that they announced they're parting for the Big 12 starting next year. And Rick Pitino ended up coming back and bashing the Big East, saying, or ripping the ACC, saying that because the ACC took... Right, he says robbed. Robbed Syracuse and Pitt. It's Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. That the Big East should go out and get Memphis as well as, I think Houston was another team they mentioned. But stepping back and looking at the map of the United States. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> it makes no, yeah, it makes no sense. West Virginia is not the Midwest. No, they're not. <laughs> We're we're closer to West Virginia than, let's say, like, Oklahoma. Yeah, we're like an hour away from... Yeah. An hour and a half. So that's one fault. So, Big 12... So, conference breakdown. Big 12 gets TC and West Virginia. ACC gets Syracuse, Pittsburgh. Last week, we announced that the MAC and Conference USA are going to merge. And, apparently, the Big East... President of uh, the principal president of Boise State met with Big East officials, so Boise State could end up being in the Big East as well. Sooner or later, the names of the conferences are just going to be nothing. They uh, are, yeah, you know, like California teams in the Big East. Yeah, and also um, last week because we because we missed it, a president of the Mountain West announced a seven hundred million dollar plan for a playoff system. And the funny thing we noticed was. It was 16 teams instead of 8. So he wants the Mountain West. So I guess it's a way to keep Boise State in the Mountain West. I guess. Your thoughts on the whole college landscape, though? Is it pretty much just going to turn into one giant mess? I mean, it already is a one giant mess, but I personally just want them to get rid of the whole BCS and just create a playoff system. Maybe not for basketball so much, but more so for football. But, I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> play the schools that are around you. Like, these right. kids don't want to be traveling across the country to play. But, I mean... Well, it's almost like, like semi-professional sports in a way. Yeah, it is. Because when you have, like, Missouri going to the SEC, which hasn't officially been announced, but the rumors are slowly growing true. These kids also aren't getting... Well, most of them aren't getting... You don't have much income... Um, and they're also taking classes, if you want to call them classes. But I mean, I just don't think they should be flying around the co- flying around the country. Which is why I think AU should capitalize on this conference realignment. I think AU should go to the Big Ten. Well, I'd make it Big Thirteen. Yeah. Because there's currently twelve teams in that conference now. I think no, I think the best conference for us is Colonial, Colonial Athletic Association, it's Mason Townsend. That that pretty much stretches. That 
my brother plays soccer, and the farthest trip they make is Georgia State, going to the Atlanta area, and the farthest north they go is Boston to Northeastern. Mm-hmm. For us, we're the furthest south team in the Patriot League, and our, our closest school apparently is Annapolis, which is Naval Academy. Which is like an hour and a half. <laughs> and the farthest trip we make, I think it's Holy Cross in New York. Oh, uh, yeah. Unless, no, that's pretty much it. Yeah, because Pennsylvania's below New York. Yeah. So if we went to the Colonial Athletic Association, our basketball team would get better, essentially, because apparently ESPN is saying that the CAA is the best mid-major conference ever, or I guess this year, because another I can say is the Missouri Valley with Creighton, Southern Illinois, that small conference, you know what that is? Yeah, the Valley. Creighton, yeah. yeah. And so if we went to that conference, we'd have good competition. I feel like every other sport could do pretty well. I mean, soccer can compete. Field hockey, we already dominate that sport. Men's women's basketball, our women's basketball team beat George Mason, play them on a regular basis. I feel like we can hang with them. One of our new assistant coaches is actually from ODU, so she knows the teams, knows scouting. Our volleyball team's pretty good. We beat George Mason this year. I feel like we could beat other conferences as well. So, yeah, we get, I, th- I think we should take full advantage of this conference realignment. Because then, if we do really well in that conference, who's to say AU couldn't end up in, like, the Atlantic 10 or... Dream big, but a school that has 200 students show up at their basketball games isn't going anywhere bigger than where we are now, <laughs> the Patriots. Oh, jeez, yeah. Of course, I would miss the, uh, the Lehigh's, the Bucknell's, and the Lafayette's. But, um, yep, so... That's our conference prediction. When we come back from a music break, we'll get to college football, see if our upset predictions of last week were correct. I think one of us actually got something right. Stay tuned for that. Also, we'll talk a little hockey, see how Dan's favorite sport's getting along. But, yeah, once again, phone line's open, 202-885-8700, facebook.com slash fanaticradio. Like the page, listen in, tune in, give us your thoughts. Any recommendations for interviews or anything like that? We're free for any suggestions. But yeah, once again, you're listening to Fanatic Radio on WVAU.
protected sex with that one you just met You ain't even got all your headshots yet It goes, uh, we love the things that hate us Push news again, girl, I don't wanna wake up America the beautiful, that's how she played us Wasn't that cute, it must have been her makeup Trying to grab everything that she gave us She'll take you back in the math on that taste stuff Looking at the neighbors like, wait up, wait up uh, we love the things that hate us Welcome back to Fanatic Radio here on WVAU.org. Phone lines are open 202-885-8700, facebook.com slash fanaticradio. This song ringing a specific bell to you? Can't hear anything. Old, like, NBC sports song or something? Yeah, it's the old NBA on NBC theme Ah. by John Tesh. Uh, reason I bring that up is NBA TV's. Have you have you been watching that over the past few days? I don't get it at my house, but I know what's going on. Yeah, ninety three finals. Yeah, well, they they keep running. Uh, yeah, no, uh, old Jordan clips. So mm-hmm. it was the ninety three Eastern Conference game when Michael Jordan dropped fifty four on the Knicks, who apparently had Hubert Davis and Greg Anthony, both college basketball analysts now. Greg Anthony with CBS, Hubert mm-hmm. Davis with ESPN. Doc Rivers was on the Knicks. Yeah. Charles Oakley, Patrick Ewing, basically guys from that team from the winning time with Reggie Miller at 30 for 30. Right. Against MJ. Yeah, MJ, against MJ, Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, Yeah. who was a complete monster back in the 90s. I had oh, no yeah. idea. And they were playing that, and they were also playing, I think it was the 90, I think it was the 93 finals or 94 finals when they took on, the Bulls took on Charles Barkley. Oh, Phoenix? And, yeah, I didn't know Sir Charles made the finals. Yeah, he never won it, though. Right, so sticking to basketball, going on right now is the Pan Am Games in Guadalajara, which I guess is sort of an Olympic warm-up in a way. And the United States is currently 2-0. and This Our team, though, is I guess not necessarily stacked. We have a lot of college guys, recognizable figures. Donald Sloan from Texas A&M. Do you know who that is? No. Who, who, uh, who's Thomas though? Our leading scorer. I can't be like Lance Kirk. Thomas, center uh, from Duke from the 2009 national championship team. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. The first game. First of all, we barely beat Dominican Republic, but rest assured, it's mostly college guys and guys that are in the D League. We won by one point, but Lance Thomas, 15 and 16, and then the next game we won 88 to 77 against Brazil, where Blake Ahern, who is a guy from Missouri State. And fun information, he is the all-time leader in free throws, I think. He has the best free throw percentage, 97%. Wow. In his college basketball career. If I can find the actual actual stat of that, he made 60 consecutive free throws twice in his career. And ironically, he missed his final free throw attempt against San Diego State in the NIT. 
in his final college game. Ironically enough. <laughs> so he, has, he holds a single-season record, 97.5. He finished his career with, his college career with 94.6. And he was 435 for 460, which is the best all time. And he also holds a career record and career three-point record in Missouri State with 706, uh, or 267 three-pointers made. Wow. And he was he almost, I think he almost beat someone in the NCAA tournament. Oh, no, that was Ben Woodside from North Dakota State. They almost upset Kansas a few years ago. Right, yeah. And so, and they play Uruguay on Saturday. But apparently, they're coach that team. I think it's. I want to say it's Coach K. He's coaching this team too. I think so. Uh, We we can get back to that. Actually, we have right here. No, it's it's Nate Tibbetts who's actually coaching the D League. His entire staff is like. Oh yeah, Iowa okay. City, Iowa City Skyhawks or whatever. It's like right. D League coaches. Apparently, Coach K is still trying to get figured out of the lockout. Mm-hmm. Which update for that? Several players, including Mark Stoudemire, Blake Griffin, Chris Bosh, Dwight Howard, KG, Tyson Chandler, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Love are going on this crazy country, nationwide or not nationwide, worldwide tour. They're dubbing it the World All Star Classic. Unfortunately, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, and Kevin Durant will not participate in it. But they're going for like Macau, Puerto Rico, all over the world. It's and I guess it, a little vacation. Yeah, time off. <laughs> I guess it gives them something to do. It's a shame that uh, Carmelo Anthony and LeBron and uh, Chris Paul won't be playing it as well. Yeah. Have you seen that new Jordan commercial though, on YouTube? Which one is it? It's sort of it's an, it has. Wade, Anthony, and Paul, apparently they're all Jordan brand endorsers. But it shows them, like, bouncing from crazy league to crazy league. It has, like, Melo in the under-40 Jewish basketball league. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I have to check that out. Yeah, it's on the, the Jordan brand uh, YouTube page. It's a pretty interesting commercial. It has Chris Paul in, like, the Latino New Orleans league or whatever. That's funny. Uh, quickly, before we run out of time, uh, college football... Looking at last week, who did you say your upset of the week was? Uh, do you remember what I said? Because I'm not sure. Uh, was it a uh, was it Bowling Green? No. No, I think it was. Oh no, it was Air Force over Boise State. <laughs> uh, and oh, they almost actually almost almost almost, almost lost by they lost by eleven. Boise State ended up winning. I said that Miami was going to beat. Virginia, uh, Georgia Tech. I think they actually did. Were they playing last night? Oh, it was last week. No, I'm uh, trying to find the score here. I think Miami actually did beat Georgia Tech. Yeah, they won 24 to 7. So keeping our credibility up. But an uh, interesting game that I, we said that was going to be really close was uh, Michigan State, Wisconsin. We at first did not think that Michigan State could be knock off undefeated Michigan and ended up beating the Badgers in the same well, I guess span of a of a week. But back to back. But apparently, as you'll hear from our good friend Brett Musburger, we were sorely mistaken.
a very deep defensive set for the Badgers. I said, Three safeties go back inside the 10-yard line. I said Nick Toon, but they put Jared Abradaris back there instead. Three-man rush. Cousins. On the last play of regulation, chucks it to the end zone. Caught. Michigan State caught it on a rebound. Cut. Hold on. It is just short of the end zone. Instant replay. We'll take a look at this. The Spartans caught the ricochet. They want the touchdown. Instant replay will have to decide now. Ball was caught by Keith Nickel. Take a look. Abradaris gets in the air. Can you believe that, that instant Nichols replay right in the front. It comes right essentially into his hands mm -hmm. as the ball came down to call this to keep us in there. Taylor is fighting like crazy to prevent it from breaking the play. Heather Marks Street enthusiasm. What did you tell him based on that look? What do you think? Not my decision to make. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Remember, the call on the field is no touchdown. Yes, originally that no battle. touchdown. Right. Keep that in mind. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown, Michigan State. In the rest of the field. Yeah. <laughs> At least there was no in, uh, impersonators. We'll definitely have to post that on our Fanatic Radio page with just seeing the visual of how close he actually was. Literally inches over that plane. Yeah. Almost like pushed into the end zone. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Michigan State won, and so we both look like idiots thinking that Wisconsin was going to win. But yeah, who's to say Michigan State could possibly win the Big Ten? That could, out, so that could ultimately be a matchup Wisconsin-Michigan State in Indianapolis for their new conference championship. Also for Heisman Watch, now it is guaranteed as a fight between Kellen Moore and Andrew Luck because Landry Jones in Oklahoma lost. And Monty Ball's team lost as well, so my pick is gone. And Russell Wilson is hogging all the spotlight away from my boy, the running back. So I'm all in the Andrew Luck wagon, although I'd like to see Kellen Moore, because I'm all for just straight quarterbacks winning the Heisman. But for this week, though, key games to look out for. Actually, Miami did lose. They ended up upsetting, Virginia, uh, they ended up upsetting Georgia Tech, and then ended up losing to Virginia yesterday. Oh, yeah? But interesting enough, Houston against Rice. Houston won 73-34. Case Keenum, quarterback for Houston, passed Graham Harrell's record, throwing the most touchdown passes ever in FBS history. Wow. So, of course, Graham Harrell is in the Canadian Football League, so God only knows where this guy's going to end up. <laughs> the Big East, possibly. Houston was saying they were going to the Big East. Yeah. That's what Patino wants. So, uh, Looking at the college football landscape, Michigan State plays Nebraska this week. Could they make it three in a row against ranked opponents? That'll be an interesting game to see. What do you, do you think they'll win? Michigan? What team? State. Michigan State? Yes. After that game? Yeah. Even in Nebraska, I think they'll still win, though. I feel like they're a team. I don't know. No. I'm, I'll say Michigan State just because they've won two weeks in a row. But if Nebraska's defense can shut them down. Because ultimately, Wisconsin's defense did not. Yeah. But they did play two home games. So this is let's see if Michigan State's for real when they go on the road. But yeah, who's your upset of the week? Who are looking at? We're one of one for two, fifty percent last week. I'm gonna have to go with Louisiana Monroe over oh, Western Kentucky. Is that an upset? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. For me, I have two games in mind. There's 
At first, I'd say Wisconsin and Ohio State, but I don't think Ohio State can stop Wisconsin. USC Stanford's gonna be an interesting game though, because USC did beat Florida or not Florida. What is it? Notre Dame. Yeah. But yeah, Notre Dame is sort of a pushover, kind of sort of. But USC has sort of been going under the radar. They're six and one against an undefeated Stanford. It's in California. Well, so is Stanford. It's in Los Angeles. <laughs> so, I like to see USC could pull the upset, especially if uh, Brett Musburger is doing the call. Yeah. Anything's possible for that. Also, Georgia, Florida. My boy John Brantley finally returns after leg, knee, whatever surgery he had to lead the Charlie Weiss base Florida offense, who has pretty much gone through a bust off of the SEC. They have nothing to lose, chips on their shoulders, and Georgia's ranked, so naturally I would see that as an upset. Another big match to watch is K-State and Oklahoma. Who would have thought that Kansas State, even without Darren Sproles, way back in the uh, turn of the century, would be eighth in the country? I feel like that's a game we shouldn't watch necessarily because Oklahoma's mad that they lost, mad that they got upset, and I can't even believe that Kansas State is still undefeated. Also, another interesting fact before we uh, end the show, the Winnipeg Jets and the Flyers. Do you see this... this Score line nine to eight. Yeah, the most combined goal scored since 1996. Wow. Do you see the hockey season going like that? With high scoring, like the NFL, there's no defense. No, I think uh, just a uh, a fluke that game. But I mean, I love seeing high scoring games. It's entertaining. All right, but yeah, before we end the show, though. Uh, we're waiting for a specific caller who actually is a personal close relation of mine. He's going to talk about MLS playoffs. This is for our little soccer demographic that we have. Sad in the uh, Gardner household, both the teams that my dad's company works for got knocked out. But hopefully this is him. What's up? You are on Fanatic Radio. Hello? Yeah, what's up? This is John Gardner. Michael, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, all right. How mad are you that both FC Dallas and Columbus Crew got knocked out? We're going to the poorhouse. It's decided. Um, I'm very disappointed that FC Dallas got knocked out, especially after the good start to the season they had and the sort of the good, like, they had a very good season, and I'm very disappointed that they ended so quickly. I'm actually surprised that they did this wild card thing. I think that was a... That wasn't the best idea by the MLS because they're losing out on a lot of very good teams. All right, so we'll talk. We'll quickly talk about the Eastern Conference. Surprise enough that yeah, what am I even saying? There's like not even conferences anymore because we have Houston, the Galaxy, and Salt Lake. But then we also have the Red Bulls. Red Bulls against LA. This ruins MLS, doesn't it? This was supposed to be a finals match. No, it, sh- it should be. I think. Um that they shouldn't – the, the new way that the MLS has done their playoff format, I think, is it's really a disadvantage to the teams that aren't in the conferences. Just like, we'll take New York, for example. They're traveled like – they'll have to do a lot of traveling. The, the distance of travel is really – is a lot, especially for, uh, you know, back uh, – for both teams, for a home-and-away fixture. I think they should just stick with the – they should do what they did traditionally and stick with the, the two conferences and then the top four teams to each conference advance. Uh, there shouldn't be a playoff or wild card. It, it's just it's ridiculous. All right, and quickly for this, one first first question: 
how far do you think your your boys at Colorado will go in this in this playoff? I mean, I'd like to see them win it all. Uh, they have Kansas City next, so uh, Kansas City's been a tough tough opponent for Colorado. They've tied them both times uh, home and away uh, in the regular season. So I'd like to see them win it all again. It'd be it'd be a great opportunity for them, and it'd be good to see uh, them have a lot of success, especially late in the season. All right. Also, who's your, who do you have your finals? Because we'll definitely talk, we'll definitely talk when the uh, playoffs get further deep. But looking at the teams, who do you th- see playing in Home Depot Center for the finals? Who would you like to see? I would like to see Galaxy in Colorado, but um, I think Real Salt Lake has a very good team, and they usually have a really good playoff stretch. So I'm actually, I would say Colorado. And Real Salt Lake, that would be an absolutely insane final. A big rivalry for a MLS Cup. That would be a fantastic game. I could see that though. I think it'll be a, it'll be those two. All right. As always, uh, thank you once again, John, for calling in. Thank you for having me on the show. And if you're out there, please support George Mason soccer. We play tomorrow against Georgia State. Yeah, big big <laughs> game. Right? Trying to make a three and three in a row. Hopefully, we'll see. All right. Thanks for but calling thanks, in. Thanks for having me, Michael. All right. See you, man. Yeah. So sorry that the uh, New England Revolution didn't didn't make the uh, the playoffs. I was devastated. <laughs> I know, right? But, yeah, once again, uh, we went a little over. Sorry for our next show and everyone here at WVAU, but as we always strive to do better every week, as God told us it would, never said we'd end uh, on time either, so... <laughs> Uh, on time. Yeah. So uh, anyway, best best luck to the Rangers unless the Cardinals. Hope it's a an epic game seven. I, I really hope so. I hope it's from, not from a, a sports fan's perspective. Yeah. But uh, once again, thank you for everyone at WVAU. Everyone working at the the studio and all for for Dan Goldman. I am Michael Gardner, and this has been Snack Radio on WVAU. We're straight winning. We're winning is in everything. It's the only thing. So tune in. Every Friday, 2 to 4, WVAU.org, Facebook.com slash Fanatic Radio. So on, everyone. Also, have a happy Halloween. Yep, safe. Hopefully, everyone can uh, see also have a safe Halloween as well. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.